0: In the most divisive of times, the great debates rage on. Who was the best Batman? Was the book truly better than the movie? Did Han shoot first? Nerds with opinions will seek to answer life's greatest questions. Hello there fellow nerds, you are listening to Nerds with Opinions episode number 96 As always, I'm your host Matt Holbin Today on the podcast I am joined by guest host Jimmy Levins And we are discussing the first three episodes of WandaVision We recorded this kind of right after the first three episodes And didn't want to have any spoilers out so I've been sitting on these And then we did a follow up a part two where we talked about the rest of the episodes and we're just gonna now put those out back to back. So here it is, Nerves with Opinions, talking about WandaVision. What's going on with WandaVision? We are back. I am joined by guest
1: host, Jimmy Levins. How you doing my friend? I'm doing great. Uh, Pretty slow day at work. Uh, it's been raining all day since we're only doing outdoor service, but I'm back home in the comfort and warmth of my bedroom with a nice uh, porter from Bricktown Brewery here in the area. All right. And I'm here doing a podcast, so it's going to be a good evening. So we are discussing
0: the first three episodes of WandaVision. We kind of discussed that it would it's such a interesting and unique show that it might be fun to kind of assess the early parts of the season and then reconvene towards the end um you know when we kind of see how things have, sh- have have shook out because i think um more so than i think most of the MCU properties in recent years this is really kind of fresh and interesting. And I, I, I think everybody's still guessing as it's going along, it, it's, it's very, um, mysterious and they're playing their cards very close to the chest, uh, in terms of like the marketing and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of why we decided to take this approach and rather than, um, uh, do something beforehand, which I, we wouldn't have had much to talk about because like I said, the, the trailers I think you got an idea for it, but as I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, boy, well, like we didn't know any anything of really. Um, and, you know, I think this was a fun way to kind of discuss it because it is really, really interesting prior to then doing like a review of it. Mm-hmm. So just initial thoughts. Let's, let's just talk about that first. You know, n- initial thoughts when you first started watching it. Now that you're three episodes deep, what what's what's your take on it thus far?
1: Well, I'd arguably say that it is, without a doubt, one of the weirdest things Marvel has probably created. Because <laughs> the previous uh, holder of that title probably would have been Guardians of the Galaxy, the first movie. That was definitely the one that played against people's expectation of what a Marvel movie or a Marvel, like, what Disney and Marvel is, like, doing.
0: Uh, so- I, would, I, I, mm, I would argue that Doctor Strange takes that takes that title from guardians of the galaxy. Once it comes <laughs> it, out, it's yeah, way it, more weird, dude. Like I've, I've watched all of those movies fairly recently. It's way more weird and out
1: there. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, it's strange. And also like guardians of the galaxy, it really plays up our r- relationship toward nostalgia as well. In uh, this way, a completely different take. Uh, which is kind of fun to watch because I'm definitely an offspring of someone brought up in like old media because being relatively brought up by conservative Catholic parents, we didn't have a whole lot of access to cable because it was too inappropriate to let our son watch friends and the Simpsons and like Frasier and family guys. So let's bring them up on Bonanza. I dream of Genie. Uh, like, um, Oh, Beverly Hillbillies and like Brady Bunch and all that more. Tame, wholesome stuff that I definitely got a nice little lots of audience winks for me. I I felt aimed at I totally like would really much. I really enjoyed for three episodes.
0: Yeah, so so me, too. I, I think why I'm very, very intrigued by this show and I'm all in with it is it is, I think, the most ambitious thing that they've done in a while. I mean, all all of their films on scale are ambitious Mm -hmm. on narrative. Are they doing really risky, edgy stuff? I would argue not so much. It's, it's innovative in the fact that, you know, they're, they're sewing together this giant universe and making it cohesive. Mm -hmm. And obviously like the, the style of filmmaking, like the effects and everything, are very innovative, but you know, the, the storytelling is y- you are taking from, <clears throat> excuse me, from source material and yeah, it's definitely, it's, it's definitely disney It's, you know, it's put through a, a very clean, I don't want to say cookie cutter because I, I do think that they are doing things that surprise people. I think a lot, uh, nobody really was completely ready for like the ending of infinity war and, mm-hmm. uh, the ending of Endgame. But that being said, like, they're not doing like real crazy, weird, surreal stuff, but now going into phase four with this, and I'm hoping with, you know, the announcement of Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness, that they're going to really start getting into weird cosmic Marvel stuff because Mm -hmm. you know, if you do follow the comic books, I mean, you've got so many years of, of stories and like, yeah, I mean like, dude, they like a lot of these stories go way off into the weeds at, at points, you know, and there's, there's a lot of ground to cover, especially with more, the more cosmic side of things. And now with, Disney having the property rights to the Fox owned Marvel stuff. You can do Galactus. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot. And you could really dive deep into some pretty like out there surreal stuff. Um, And just the, the characters of Vision and Scarlet Witch being on their own. I think this is like serving them a lot better than, Mm -hmm. you know, in, in that kind of like, it was cool to have them introduced in the very like clean sheen of the Avengers. But I like that now that they have their own thing that they're taking the opportunity to like, let's do something really weird and outside of the box because, and this is kind of what I want to get to. So I am loving that basically they're, they're, pulling from they're pouring pulling from the source material in a a lot of ways in a lot of ways but they're doing it in they're delivering the show in such a way that I that that's what's very very interesting and and out of the box and it's like honestly for Disney very ballsy because there's going to be a lot of younger generations that are not going to get this at all They're not going to get this at all. Um, I actually read an interesting article about like will Gen Z understand WandaVision. And I think it's, uh, you know, a large portion of like Gen Z and earlier are are not going to get this um, because they are referencing media from a bygone era. Mm -hmm. Even though it's very famous media, it's it is it's from a bygone era. And I think that's a bold, bold move, but it just. It adds to the surrealism, you know, and obviously it adds it's so surreal and strange that it it helps the audience realize that something is really amiss and they're supplanted in this place and in this world that isn't quite right. And it doesn't seem like they belong there. Mm. Um, And obviously, as like a media connoisseur, I'd like to say. The fact that they're referencing I Love Lucy and the Dick Van Dyke show and I Dream of Jeannie and Bewitched and all these like really cool classic sitcoms. I love it. And the commitment to those tropes, to that style of television is so, so accurate. And they, they committed fully. And I... I'm very, very impressed with that. So it, it's it's doing a lot of different things in a really interesting way. And like I said, the, the stuff that they're pulling from, it's fitting just perfectly into like the this, this sitcom styles they're doing. Like they're, there's this run of books that they did with Vision where he tried to live this like suburban life. And there's mm-hmm. this whole run where he just like lives in the suburbs. So they're obviously pulling from that. Then, you know, now with the third episode, actually, and before I go any further, if you're listening to this and you have not watched the first three episodes, we're not going to like go out of our way to like go through every single thing that happened in these episodes, but we are going to be talking about spoilers. So spoiler Mm -hmm. alert from here on out. So third episode, Wanda becomes pregnant and basically, well, that's the end of the second episode. And by the third one, she's like, already in the final trimester of her pregnancy so it's just like overnight basically and she gives birth to two twins well if you do your research or if you've read it before that happens in the books it's a little different um I'm gonna pull this up here so so basically um of course Scarlet Witch and Vision, you know, they're the very nature of their relationship. And, you know, Vision literally being an AI, like they can't conceive a child naturally. Um, And it's basically in the show, it's, you know, it's kind of just comes to be. And it's it's to assume that it's in the magic of Scarlet Witch. Um, And in the comics, it's the magic of Scarlet Witch and the help of uh, misfito a villain and then basically like and big potential po- spoilers here but it, it's it, it's out there if you know this this might may end up happening in the show since literally these children are like the products of imagination and magic like they're no they're not r- like exactly real they eventually like die and, or, and and vanish because they they're not physical beings and in doing so Wanda has a mental break and then the House of M storyline comes to pass and if you're not familiar with that great run basically because of the twins dying Wanda she loses it and she's so powerful that I think it's Manhattan. I, I think all of Manhattan, I, I uh, or maybe it's the entire world, but I know like most of it takes place in Manhattan. All turns into mutants um, because of her powers. And so then like, you've got these like kind of sidebar characters in the Marvel Universe, like Aunt May and, you know, Mary Jane um, from Spider-Man. Like they suddenly have mutant powers and they like have like spider powers and everything. And so, It's, it was kind of like on the scale of Spider-Verse before Spider-Verse. And, you know, obviously like it's, it's more isolated in terms of universes, but you have this, this thing where you have all these characters that suddenly have these powers. Um, And I don't know if they're fully going to go there with this show, but the twins do have significance and aren't just like pulled out of the MCU or, mcu writers butts Mm -hmm. um and for those of you that are listening to this and you're not familiar with the comics uh, and you're going oh no those twins well in the comics they do actually come back and um i can't remember i've got it up here i can't remember their character names uh so because they so it's billy and tommy but then they have like like superhero names uh, where the heck I had this up here. Um, Gosh, darn it. Oh yeah, here it is. Um, is. Cause I couldn't remember this. So Wiccan and speed is who they become mm. in the, like they kind of become superheroes themselves. So there is like, there's a lot of speculation online that like, are they going to set up for young Avengers? Because of course, now it's been announced that, um, that they're doing the Hawkeye show and that could in- introduce, um, you know, a potential member of young Avengers there. So there's some precedence. It could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but cause obviously they're very much expanding the universe, but yes, my, my initial thoughts are that I I'm loving that they're, pulling from the source material, but then presenting it in a really cool and interesting way Mm. that obviously is like it's referential, but it, it doesn't necessarily feel, um, it's referential, but it, it doesn't necessarily feel completely derivative because you're, you're, borrowing from you know and referencing like this old television but you're putting these characters that don't uh, they don't belong in there at all so Mm -hmm. to me it feels very original and fresh
1: oh no i agree because like they're essentially i'm paraphrasing the quote but the whole notion of like creativity originality is like essentially every couple generations is the same story being uh told again but because the new audience because of Time passing, there's new context, there's new ways to reintroduce things, and kind of like what you said regarding like it's referencing old media, but you don't really need to know the old media to enjoy it. I mean, as someone that watched the Dick Van Dyke show, in the intro to I believe it was episode one, where you see us, Vision and Wanda, have like a we just got married sequence and we're going through the front door it kind of parallels the Dick Van Dyke show where he trips over the Ottoman in the beginning of the uh, intro sequence. And then you see vision just walk right through it because he has that power. So that little subtle wink, I definitely got a nice little chuckle from, but having not watched, like having my friends who have not watched the same amount of old media as I have, they never felt that disconnect. They never felt like there was a, essentially a a barrier that prevented them from enjoying the show. Like it doesn't require, Require You to know which I think was a smart move And I think in doing so It reintroduces This uh these past TV shows to a new generation Uh indirectly
0: Yeah I I uh I agree and I I think That I, I did see A very few like Um uh amount of like people Kind of talking online like oh that was kind of boring And but I think most People liked that It was kind of like comedic and there was, you know, something interesting. But the, the other thing that I really loved about it is that they, they go so hard into the, you know, doing that style of television and committing to the tropes, committing to the, to the aesthetic. But then they had in, especially in the first two episodes, they had that like one or two minor moments where it takes the characters and the audience away from this kind of like world now that they're comfortable with, you know, a few minutes in, you're like, Oh, cool. Yeah. Like I'm vibing with the, I love Lucy thing. I'm vibing with the bewitched thing. And then there would be that like weird kind of ominous moment within like the score and within the characters reactions where like you'd go, Ooh, something's not right here. And like, Mm -hmm. it's, it's very uneasy and unnerving. The
1: the use of uncanny, uh, which is like, for me, I mean, that goes back to if you want to go into Freudian analysis and psychoanalysis, that whole notion of and not just like the uncanny valley with like how things are done in CGI animation, like Pulitzer, more just the notion of something looks right. But one thing is off. Uh, very, this, David yes. mm-hmm. yeah, very David Lynch. Yeah. Very David Lynch. Very, in some ways, Alfred Hitchcockian, like that whole notion of the uncanny is such a. such a cinematic tool that we've seen throughout uh, cinematic history that I, it's very refreshing to see Disney and Marvel be a little experimental in not something that hasn't been done before, but for them, it hasn't been done before in a sense.
0: Yeah. And I think that's the other thing that why it feels a little edgy to me is because we're, we're diving into a little, a level of, uh, you know, kind of unnerving content at times and like, and Stuff that's, uh, you know, maybe a a little uncomfortable to watch like that, uh, that scene where the boss is choking and it seems Mm -hmm. like forever. It is the most uncomfortable scene. And you know what I mean? In the grand scheme of things, like, is that the most uncomfortable piece of television you've ever seen? Absolutely not. But in that moment, when you just have it sandwiched with this kind of fun, light, airy, comedic, you know, romantic sort of 1950s sitcom, that mm-hmm. is really disturbing. And mm-hmm. I I really enjoyed that because to me that does, that seems like a bold move on, on, on the part of Disney um, because, I mean, to be honest, they could really phone this in and kind of do this like referential style where it's like, oh, it's fun. it's And, and lean way more into the comedy and then just kind of have it be like, Oh, something takes them out of like this, you know, weird, surreal experience they're in and they have to like, you know, it's like a call to action and they're saving the day. To me, it's way more interesting that they're like in this Petri dish and there's clearly something really, really amiss. There's some nefarious mm-hmm. forces going on and they're being observed and they don't know it. Mm. I, I To me, that's way more interesting. Yeah. Um, and speaking about who they're being observed by, we're kind of determining that it is an organization called Sword. So mm-hmm. in the books, that is Sentient World Observation Response Department. They um, they show in the show a pack of, a deck of playing cards, and the logo is different. It's a sentient weapon observation response department so to me that seems like mcu they they made a minor change but that's sword and the if we're going off of what they do in the book it's it's different it's similar that like it's a you know kind of a a a secret organization like like a shield um but they are like completely dealing with um you know with highly powerful like magical or mutant sort of um characters and vision mm-hmm. so that makes sense to me so there's again like you know doing a really good pull from from the books but expanding the universe
1: i was reading somewhere that um cuz i like unlike you i'm i had to remind myself a lot of since I have not read most of the comic books, I had actually watched a lot of videos to get some of the context of Sword, uh, of uh, House of M. And the funniest thing that I came about was the way they were talking about the difference between Sword and Shield and how like Sword is essentially, like you were saying, dealing with uh, essentially stuff that isn't out of the, the what's on Earth. It's almost also uh, interstellar. And I kept yes. thinking, oh my God, is, is Sword Space Force? <laughs> never you never know i know well, i thought that so, was a funny joke that, that they I, mentioned in this video essay that i'm like oh god
0: i'm glad that you brought up the cosmic thing because another um, major 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 theory here is that um the where did i have it oh boy uh hold on i got it here son of a gun which i got a couple articles pulled up oh um so the damn it did i click on the wrong thing i think i might have um shoot where was it um oh here it is could i just go down here um no that's not damn it <laughs> I had this pulled up. So the, I'll come back to this. I'll come back to this. So, okay. So there's a, also an, a, a lot of interesting things. Like there's a lot of references to Hydra, like in the, in the commercials, which I love that they're like, they're doing commercials in these too, you know, committing to like, this is a show, a show within a show. There's the, uh, Hydros, Hydra soak bath powder. Uh, I think the first episode, there's, like, a commercial for a watch. If you look really close, the Hydra logo is, like, kind of, you know, placed really small on the watch face, like a mm-hmm. like a Rolex logo or
1: whatever. And it makes sense, because if this is the 1950s, it's post-World War II, so Hydra's still kind of dormant in some weird way. Like, it, I kind of liked that illusion.
0: Uh, yeah, no, me too. I, um... It's, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's subtle, but then it also makes you wonder like, okay, what else is, you know, at play here?
1: Mm-hmm. Who's really in control? Who's aware of who's in control? Like who's basically stuck in this haze of this distorted reality. Like all these, all these kind of questions are in every episode, maybe kind of question. Okay. Who's, who's in the know, who's not in the know.
0: Right. Definitely. This is gonna drive me crazy. So I had this. Um, okay, here it is. Okay, so You mentioned kind of the more cosmic beings. So there's a lot of a lot of hubbub that the Carol that the the character of Geraldine might actually be Maria Rambeau, the little girl from Captain Marvel. Um, it's the daughter of Carol Danvers' best friend. You haven't heard this theory. Oh. No. Okay, so, um, so yeah, so that character is significant in the books. And it's a character that people have already speculated is going to have like a really significant role in Captain Marvel 2 because the, the theory is that Captain Marvel 2 will take place in present day after the events of Endgame. And that at that point, that character, the little girl, would be an adult. You know, because she's a little girl in the nineties.
1: Oh, so, I I didn't even. Uh, that's a good point. I, I I kind of was getting the whole order of things mixed up. Yeah. Like, yeah.
0: Yeah. So so yeah, that 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 movie takes place in the nineties. So so there's, you know, and there's, if that's a connection to me, it makes me wonder, like, okay, is Sword going to then have some sort of involvement in? Captain Marvel, I doubt, they, I doubt that they're gonna have Captain Marvel in this show, but it, it, again, it's just like MCU writers doing a really good job at like mm-hmm. weaving things all together. Yeah, and then they're clearly, doing.
1: oh, go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say like, um, they're kind of doing a kill birds, three stones kind of situation because they're not only using this as a vehicle, like as Trojan horse to establish what's to come, uh, and the bigger TV shows and movies they had planned in 2021, 22, 23, et cetera. But it's like, I, I appreciate that they know that this is essentially a vehicle for something bigger down the road. But at the same time, they're doing such a good job in, I would say, doing development, doing uh, putting a spotlight on characters we never really got much of a chance for. So they're kind of, they're covering all their bases this way, which is, I think, smart for them in the short term and the long term and the way they introduce characters, because their weakest uh, limb with Disney and Marvel is, I would say, very forgettable, very underdeveloped uh, minor characters and minor villains and minor heroes, uh, because they have one movie to cover their ground that way. But with this TV show, like, if this was a movie, we probably wouldn't get much of any of these little side characters that we're getting in the TV show. And I think that's where Disney and Marvel is reinventing itself. And that's what Kevin Feige said when he was in this period of, I would say, identity crisis of what are we going to do next after Infinity?
0: Yeah, totally, totally. And so the other thing, interesting thing about the Geraldine character is she's wearing a necklace with the sword logo on it. Yep, so then yep, it's like, yep. but then we're, we're we're introduced to the concept in the third episode that she's not supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. And at the end, then we're kind of like, our 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 suspicions are confirmed that, like, that Wanda and Vision are basically in this weird, like, isolated bubble that's literally like a force field bubble, and there's something very strange with <laughs> Geraldine, you know, uh, there's something very strange going on with Geraldine, and it kind of ends with like some people coming up and approaching her that are clearly working. It's, it goes, it's obvious it's present day. And they're working for some sort of, uh, you know, secret government agency. We're assuming sword. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but so I was reading some interesting theories, like people are like, Oh, well obviously she works for sword, but then it's like, but I, I don't know, maybe she does. But then it, it, to me, it, it seems like the people that are in the show within the show, that are not Wanda and Vision, have like like the neighbors and the friends, they have some sort of knowledge that Wanda and Vision don't have. So then it's like, okay, are they all actors that are yeah. in this simulation working for S.W.O.R.D. or- Like
1: Truman Show in a weird way where you kind of have- Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and or are they unwilling participants of some other nefarious force And S.W.O.R.D. is monitoring this whole thing, you know, like uh, because there is that scene um, that I I thought was telling. And I think there's going to be a payoff in the next episode, (laughs) according to the episode four trailer. But there's this scene where a a voice comes on the radio um, in episode two calling out to Wanda, like, you know, something about, um, you know, where are you, Wanda? Who's doing this to you? And so then it makes you wonder, is is Storm behind this kind of obviously like dark, evil, nefarious plan to kind of trap Vision and Wanda in this area? Or are they trying to help? Um, which brings me to my next point that I'm sure you've read about this. There is mm-hmm. so much hubbub and rumors and innuendos that they might
1: reintroduce the Ultron character. Mm-hmm. I I've heard that. Yes. Cause when I looked up, when I was, when I first heard about um, WandaVision, I was curious who was going to be cast in it. And I kept seeing like James Spader's name mentioned in like the IMDB. And I kept thinking, okay, how are they, how are they going to play him into this? Because if the timeline of what I believe is correct is correct. This is like post infinity war post Endgame, game uh, before multiverse that the next Dr. Strange movie. So I kept thinking like, okay, how are they going to explain Explain Ultron. If this is the case, or is it more going to be a flashback sequence? Uh, because we all know Ultron has a, a had there is a connection between Wanda and Ultron. If we all have seen uh, like some of the past films, where like uh, I believe was it? I had to remind myself because I had not seen Age of Ultron or Infinity War uh, or Endgame since they were in theaters. So I had to like do a little recap of like some of the events that happened. Uh,
0: well, and to piggyback off that, why they're, you know, like with with the whole adage of where there's smoke, there's fire. I which I think, like, yeah, that that this maybe could have some legs, this this theory. Mm-hmm. There in the first episode, she mentions Sokovia. You know, there there are some mentions of like where she's from. And in the third episode, there is this pretty long scene um with her talking about her brother pietro or quicksilver and you know it's it's honestly like the most significant acknowledgement of that character since he passed away mm-hmm. uh so and obviously like he he died because of ultron you know mm-hmm. um and so then it's like okay is is this to kind of is this to kind of remind her, you know, cause it seemed like she wasn't, she was a little confused as to like what had happened to him and everything. Is this, is this going to like eventually like remind her of like what happened with Ultron or, you know, I've heard interesting theories. Like, is this a way to bring, you know, uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson's version of Quicksilver back into the fold? Or I've even heard a crazier theory that, well, now since they own all the Fox properties, you know mm-hmm. is this a way that you could bring back the x men version of quicksilver yeah. and um you know i that that could be interesting too um, yeah cuz
1: if she does turn people into mutants this is a way to introduce mutants into the mcu uh or at least in yes. the ones within the fox properties definition <laughs> of x men uh like i don't think that'll mean we'll get like the same Caliber of people But Or even like characters But we'll definitely They have the rights now To Work within What they essentially Are are given Because uh, The sky's the limit In in so many ways
0: And then And that's interesting That you bring that up Because the way That they got around All this Mm -hmm. When they first Introduced Pietro And Wanda Was They basically They made it that uh, Baron Von Strucker Basically Uh like gave them those powers you know by science it was like a process very yeah, much artificially like a, made yeah b- like like a captain America that's not at all what happens in the books they are yeah. the children of magneto mm-hmm,
1: so they're they're mm-hmm, born mm-hmm. A, as
0: as mutants so the MCU completely ignored that um and you know now that they own the magneto character it's like uh I don't, I, I don't see how you can go back and kind of write that because to me I like that origin story. Because then both of those characters in the books go on and like struggle with this like back and forth because like, you know, Magneto at best is an anti-hero, you know, when he's at his absolute best, but more often he's a supervillain mm-hmm. and both of, both of the characters, especially Wanda, she's so powerful that there, there is like, she has this struggle with like, uh, you know, constantly being good and not like giving into that dark side, um, of her lineage, and they've explored that in the movies more that like the like her being out of control of her powers. Um, but I don't think we're ever going to get that payoff because they would have to really explain away a lot of stuff that <laughs> that they've already written. But you're absolutely right that like there could be this connection with her and the House of M storyline into like she creates mutants because as as of, you know, as of yet. Mutants don't necessarily exist in in the the, in the MCU as as we know them to be in the X Men.
1: Yeah, under like, like you said, born Banner. born with powers versus artificially made yes. uh powers in like the two different types of of like mutants.
0: Yes, you have uh, mutant you have mutant genes. Um, and to me, I mean, like, yeah, you, this is a great point that you brought up because that could like be a really good way to introduce them because. Mm. Otherwise, it's going to be a situation where they've they've introduced characters like this before, where you've got, you know, your big your big name money character, like a Thor or like a, you know, Tony Stark, whatever. And then they just happen upon this person. And I think that works and they've but they've done it a ton. So to me, it would be interesting that the reason now we have these characters is because of this character. that's, That's a little more intriguing. It's something they haven't really explored.
1: Oh, yeah. And if they're going to introduce the multiverse uh, through Doctor Strange as this being the vehicle to connect the bridge between Endgame and multiverse, this could be a way for them to also introduce the multiverse in the Spider-Man Spider-Man sand, spider man Spider-Man, Spider-Man's, spider spans, man's, uh, multiple Spider-Man's, uh, I start a lot with that one, wow, uh, <laughs> uh, situations, this is literally a vehicle for a multitude of stuff, and it, it definitely gets your, your nerd going, uh, like, and I, I'm, like, delving into it pretty late in the game, so I'm sort of like, holy shit, there's a, there's so much that can go on with this, uh, and, I'm I'm down. I'm re- I'm very interested to see what they're going to do, and because I'm not a loyalist fan in terms of I'm, I would say I'm not I'm not opposed to really I'm, op- I'm open to anything really.
0: Yeah, I so I I think that is what's why why it's so exciting is is it, it opens it opens a lot of doors, and I think mm-hmm. also the the biggest thing it opens up is the medium because to yes. me I think that this. Long form, short episode, medium. It, obviously, it's very fresh. It's different because, you know, that they do movies. Um, but I think that you can do a lot with the storytelling that, you know, you it's harder to accomplish in the confines of a single motion picture. I think we've seen that with like The Mandalorian. I think it's a great example of especially season two where you can tell this one cohesive story. And fill in a lot of things that maybe you wouldn't have room for in the yeah. confines of a two and a half hour movie. But then you can also tell like interesting, you know, sub stories along the way.
1: Same but, with the Netflix Marvel shows as well. Uh, yes. I do like how Division isn't like locking itself into the hour long episode length, 45 to an hour. Yeah, they're They're, just- they're short. Exactly, which I think is very apt for the fact that they're doing homage, pastiche to old time television, which ran under twenty five minutes because of commercial breaks. So, but I don't think they'll do that for their next shows. So I feel like Falcon and Winter Soldier and Hawkeye would probably go toward the typical forty five minute length, possibly because there's more action going on.
0: Maybe, but but think of like Mandalorian. Like there were some forty five minute episodes, but like Mm -hmm. a lot of them were like a half an hour. Yeah.
1: I, and I like that because there isn't that sense of we got to milk a scene longer. We got to cut things short. They they, they tell the story the length that needs to be told, which yes. I think Good is the best it. way to do it. Because I've seen so many shows that there's like God knows how much filler or they cut things short because of that. The confinements of commercial breaks uh, where other things is we got got to like fit in so much. So there are all these different pros and cons to short or long form episodes, as we've seen in other shows for binging TV shows. And I think this is their, their test trial to see how, what they can do uh, in a long-term story with a short amount of time, because there is, there is something to be said about how I would say it's more of an art or a skill to, basically give more with less. Uh, less is more, uh, you could say. And yeah. I think they're doing a great job where I don't, f- I've never felt in the few three episodes I've seen, I never felt like they cut things short. They never milked a scene. They know the pacing, right? Uh, they're matching the styles of the TV shows, right? Uh, and there's this nice little like uh, teaser at the end that makes you want to go on the next one. And then it ends right at 22 minutes, and then there's three minutes of credit roll, which is weird. Um, But it makes me come back for more.
0: That keeps gaming me, by the way, because every time I'm like, I mean, you know, Marvel. Like the first episode, I was like, Oh, is there going to be something at the end of it? So, but I've still committed to that because I'm like, This is a really like, this is this is a very. It seems like a very purposeful like end credits. And so I I've let it played out let it play out every single episode, and I I'm waiting for that payoff. It might not come until the very last episode of this of the season, yeah. but I feel like they're they have to they have to. Um, so let's let's transition into talking about where we think this is gonna go. Obviously, I mean we did that a bit. We talked about a lot of um, you know, potential um things that could happen and and theories and whatnot, but. Let's just kind of, you know, make some predictions and have, like, kind of a, a little bit of a, a comprehensive, like, this is where we think this is going.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, So, obviously, from kind of just judging the uh, trailers, we at least have a couple more decades to go through. It, it looks like they're going to do something 80s-esque. They're, they're, mm-hmm. and, and to me, like... There's some shots that, that look like they could also be like nineties. I saw some shots of Wanda like in like a kinda nineties Seattle grunge sort of like flannel. And so I'm thinking, okay, are we gonna get like a a uh you know, Roseanne style show, maybe, or like a friends kinda.
1: What you know, I'm hoping like for that? What I'm really hoping for is this will be a, a meta, 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 meta reference. Is as we know, uh, Scarlet Witch is played by Elizabeth Olsen. And if they do reference, <laughs> I know what you're gonna, shows, what gonna say. They better fucking mention Full House. I want a full Olsen, Full House referential meta. <laughs> I think that'd be just serendipitous. Like I doubt they'll actually bring back the Olsen twins to do like a cameo that'd be way too weird for my taste personally but i i just like that that major aggressive wink meta reference personally that's what i'm hoping for
0: right so yeah so i think they're gonna at least do those but then i see that maybe this show is going to eventually leave the confines of a show within a show Mm -hmm. because obviously like it, they're 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 kind of revealing a little more, and and going back to the kind of what you were saying, the very Hitchcockian sort of thing, where like there's something amiss, there's something off, something uncanny, but also very Hitchcockian. Like as we're getting more, you know, further into the story, every episode there there's a little bit more shown, a little bit more shown, and then you know, I think by the end of this series, it like I said, it's going to leave the confines of the show within a show because. <laughs> really the show within a show is, is the kind of surreal, I I, I guess, kind of, I, I don't know how to describe it. I obviously it's, 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 it's purely a thing that exists for Wanda and Vision. And I yeah. think once, once they break out of that and they realize, you know, that they, they, they fully kind of have like conscious awareness of what is going on, mm-hmm. then I I feel like then, you know, so the last episode maybe, like it might not even, you yeah. know, be referencing sort of like a television
1: um, decade. I'm also wondering if, uh, this is my kind of personal theory based on just what I've seen so far is, I think Wanda's more aware and control as his vision. Because the few times that Vision questions things, there's like a replay, rewind, and then he goes back to normal. So nothing happened. Dude,
0: that was like so well done. I I yes. was I was stunned by that. I I really really enjoyed that. I'm good.
1: Mm-hmm. And then for the whole this is kind of just me kind of just adding a lot of just over analysis possibly, but I kind of like the relationship between essentially Wanda is essentially a foreign European character and a lot of people from other countries, their intro to America is through old television. And there's this whole sense of, I'm wondering is like Wanda's creating this perfect ideal notion of what she was brought up watching as old TV as a child, maybe through her trying to find the perfect home, the perfect family to be with vision, uh, hence why she's not doing her Russian act, her weird Russian accent like she used to do. Uh, she's doing just a straight, normal voice, which I like a lot personally because I was kind of bugged by that accent in their first intro of it in like Age of Ultron. It's just too distracting for me. Uh, but like, I kind of for me, I kind of like that subtle reference to the notion of. Uh, Just European characters being brought up with American television. And the other thing I'm curious is, if we saw from the trailer, uh, I'm with you. Once it gets past its kind of decade timeline of TV show homages and references, uh, once it gets to like modern day, are they going to kind of almost revert back again? But in the homage timeline of the characters themselves in the comic realms, because we see them with different costumes on. In the trailer.
0: Well, yeah, in the trailer, it shows them like during Halloween and they're wearing, you know, comic specific costumes, which, oh, Chef's Kiss. I, oh, yeah. I, I love it. Actually, I got something to show you real quick. One second.
1: Pray tell. Are you going to get something? Is this like a, oh, you got a prop to show?
0: I loved that so much.
1: That I went, oh, uh, that I purchased oh. these.
0: Um, for the listeners that can't see this, I'm showing him. I've got um, two Funko Pop vinyls, and I I bought the ones of them in their comic book, you know, attire, and cause to me, nice. I even though that hasn't happened yet, I I love that so much, and then it like it works on both levels. I've I've got a modern. Uh, you know MCU Vision and uh, Scarlet Witch, and then I, I feel yeah. like I've got a, a you modern know, comic, and retro, a comic book version, and it you know, and they're they're like they have Halloween stuff like little uh, Halloween. It's hard to see
1: like uh,
0: oh, sugar tree bags. Yeah. Oh my god! And so, and I love Halloween, so I'm like, oh, I have to have those.
1: Um, I never they, noticed the Halloween stuff. Then I I like that a lot. That's funny.
0: <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So I I think like they're gonna do some very interesting things. And today, this is so interesting, this happened today, and we were scheduled to, to do this episode. They put out um, a a teaser trailer for tomorrow's episode. And oh, I
1: haven't seen that then. Oh, I sent I it, it to you. I thought you watched it. I sent
0: it to you oh. on Instagram.
1: Oh, I didn't see that one then. Sorry, I thought you meant okay. like, okay, okay. I've, I've seen that. I've seen that. I was going to okay. say, we. Yeah. T- I think we talked about it. Okay. Yeah. So... Um, and not to spoil
0: it for people that haven't uh, seen it yet, or if they're, if you're choosing not to watch it at all, but clearly I think we're going to like explore more into the world outside of the show within a show Mm -hmm. from, from what it appears. So I expect more of that. And I, I'm going to be honest. I, I think that before it's all over that there there is going to be some sort of major past mcu character connection i don't know if it'll be pietro i don't know if it'll be ultron captain marvel but there's going to be some sort of connection and and possibly a big big cameo um i think there is like there there is decent you know decent uh evidence that it could be ultron which i'm for i thought that um james spader's uh, take on that character was really, really cool. And- oh, yeah.
1: It was very layered. He's basically playing a robot who's also channeling Tony Stark in a weird way, too. There's this kind of a... Just a there's so many, like, uh, layers to it that didn't really had to yeah. be there. But I would say that was probably my favorite part of Age of Ultron was the, his performance, for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So... But what I'm really more curious about is... Where does the show go after this? Because clearly it's successful. And, you know, I think there's precedence for like the fact that we don't know wh- how it's ultimately going to end. But I would be shocked if they're not going to want to make another season. But it it it's the the template that the show has laid out. It seems very difficult to then like have it be that same style of show. I think it has to become something completely different. Oh yeah. And then that excites me, but it worries me too, because then it's like, okay, are we going to basically get a Wanda and vision uh, version of Falcon and winter soldier, which I'm all in on Falcon winter soldier. It looks freaking rad, but I think it's, it is like what you were saying. It was, I think it's going to be a high action you know, fast paced, more traditional, like the movies, superhero story. And I like the fact that WandaVision is so not that right now. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I'm kind of curious about that. And I, I have some concerns because I think it maybe it'll lose what makes this show very special. But, you know, I don't know. I uh, Um, I guess it remains to be seen. Yeah. Do you have any other thoughts on where you think it's going to go?
1: Think I think the biggest tell is that whole what if of is Vision dead or is he a creation made by Scarlet Witch? There's that whole what if of like, how oh are God, they going to- God, let's talk about that. I, yeah. I don't mean to interrupt you. Let's talk about that for a while. I'm no, sorry, we should have brought that up. I was kind of, I was waiting, because like, that is was a big what if for me the entire time, because he seems, once he becomes aware, he kind of has to revert back almost to like, uh, like store, box, store bought box mode again to like everything's fine. Everything's fine. Wait a minute. What's this? Everything's fine. Uh, I think he's becoming more of a construct of really Scarlet, which is like hopes and fantasies. Because the show, I think it's going to delve a lot with trauma, not just with uh, the loss of her brother to Ultron, but the loss of her love vision uh, in uh, the previous film, Infinity War. Uh, and for those who haven't seen Infinity War, how have you not seen it yet? Uh, but like, yeah, he yeah, is dead Yeah, whatever, right? we can yeah. spoil that yes. Oh yeah, who, who, who fucking cares, yeah Uh, <laughs> but it's just kind of like I don't know, it's just sort of like that for me was a big Kind of Query the entire time Because if that's the case, if he is It's like, the, it's like uh, Schrodinger's cat Is he dead or, is Vision dead or not? Is Schrodinger's vision, is he dead or not dead?
0: Well, but then it, what? what's intriguing about that notion and then intriguing about that notion with that character mm-hmm. is that I also didn't completely question the fact that he was, you know, back and around because he is an AI. So, like, his being dead isn't, like, as, you know, quite the same as, like, a human being and, and, and like, dead in the physical sense. So... You know, you might be right. It might be completely just like her in a totally dissociative state. And that would be so heartbreaking, though. Like, oh, God. And would be intriguing television, though. But it might be that. It might be that maybe he has been resurrected in some sort of way because he is an AI. Or maybe he isn't dead in the sense that he's gone forever. But like he is- He's only living, yeah. As 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 a program, so because it makes me
1: wonder is how can he be around if the stone that that basically gave him power and life is no longer there. Like uh, that's a great that's a that's a great point. Yeah, no, I I um
0: I question that too, you know. But it's like okay, they maybe they can explain some sort of way that yeah he he exists like on a on a on a kind of
1: like a, comput- like a limbo computer,
0: computer program sort of sort of way. Um, Cause I but, think but, they're going
1: to use, if they're going to use the way they use time traveling and game to explain how characters can come back, I think they're going to use that for the multiverse as to, to explain why characters can come back is my theory. Uh, if well, they're going to they have, choose- they're going to have
0: to now that Chris Evans yeah. was a, was announced as, you know, captain America and it's to me, Obviously, like they're not going to have him as old ass Captain America there. There's going to be some sort of, you know, either a a different version of Captain America, which that's for another podcast. I have my theories Um, or, yeah, like there'll be a time travel thing and we're going to be getting cap from, you know, before he was an old man.
1: I hope that Witch and Vision uh, are just going to be sprinkled in the next shows to come, kind of like they would with the movies. You kind of see this wave of like almost gaining speed, gaining teams, because uh, I'm with you there. I think the 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 confinements of the plot they went with where oh, we're recru- they're stuck in this realm that is like old television, that cannot live past uh, a season, I think, uh, just no. because yeah, it Absolutely would get very not. it would get very annoying very fast. It but when it done lose, right. it would
0: lose that charm.
1: Exactly. It'll get more annoying because there are a lot of shows that try to do that homage throwback to old media that get old fast, like an example being that 70s show. It was great in the beginning, but then once it got to later seasons, you get kind of tired of that approach. And they tried doing the same thing with that 80s show, which didn't even last past a season because we kind of got tired of just the winky, cutesy references being the only thing holding ground. Right, uh, totally. Which is why I loved the meta casting of Deborah Jo Rupp as Mrs. Hart, who we all know as the mom from that 70s show. Yeah. Uh, so that, I mean, I, I was obsessed with that 70s show. I had like, I don't have the DVDs anymore, but I had the whole... Series on DVD uh, It was like one of my, For a while My favorite show And so I've always been a fan Of throwback nostalgia For that same uh, uh, Like reason But at the same time I'm also aware Of its limits And this is kind of For me I would say In the same kind of Spiritual vein In some sense
0: Totally So you, you mentioned Something interesting That you're, you're hoping That they're kind of Just sprinkled in In future shows Yeah So are you thinking That this is like A one-off
1: season? I think so uh, in terms of like, not for the characters, but I think uh, they well, I just, it could possibly be a season two, but I just don't know what, I have no idea what approach they're going to do uh, in terms of, because uh, I know, of course, there are other stories. The two of them are together in the comics. Uh, there is material. I just don't know if they're going to make it their own thing or weave it into another show. Basically, what I think is the characters will still linger unless the writers, the actor decides to no longer be involved and write them out, uh, like they did with some of the other characters. Uh, I think that if they were to do another, like, sequel season two to WandaVision, I guess what I mean is they won't continue the throwback element. No. They'll probably, yeah. So I feel like they won't be the main focus, but they'll be at least the main characters, uh, like in other seasons, kind of like we saw the Civil War. Like we saw in Infinity War and Endgame, where centrally everyone kind of has a shared screen time.
0: Right, that could be. Yeah, I mean, you would definitely have to introduce some other big-time players, though, mm-hmm. in terms of characters. But oh yeah, it's certainly it's certainly possible for sure. I um, so. I'm with you. I think that, you know, we kind of talked about, like, that this could be a good, you know, jumping off point to introduce <coughs> mutants in, in the, the MCU. I'm hoping that this show is, like, if it's not mutants, I'm just hoping that this show is, like, a a jumping off point for Phase 4 that is, like, really significant and is taking things in a drastically different place. And I think thus far it it, it has been, but I'm hoping that that's kind of the end point will be that because as much as I have loved phases one through three, I think it's time that we, you know, kind of start hitching the MCU on Some significant characters, but, Mm -hmm. you know, the characters that aren't Tony Stark and Thor and and Captain America, which is why I was very, I was very, not to get back to this again, but I was very, very surprised that they brought Chris Evans back. And it makes you wonder if it's going to be just a one-off thing.
1: Um, I wouldn't be surprised. I feel like, uh, I don't want to say that those actors are almost stuck in this limbo of we can only do like big blockbuster movies, the big paycheck, but... I think just because of the inherentness of that genre, uh, like we saw in most comic movies or most huge franchises, there's always going to be something. It's like what they say in Godfather part three. I thought I was out, but then they pulled me back in. Yeah, like you're kind of yeah. Disney and Marvel will have their clutches in them forever uh, in some way.
0: Well, and I mean, you know, like, I think in, in a, in a minor capacity, that's yeah. okay. But at a certain point, you know, like, obviously like, there's, they're doing another Thor movie and I, and I love that stuff, but mm-hmm. I, I'm excited by the fact that these, you know, characters that are a little lesser known, not quite as familiar that there already hasn't been a ton of movies or whatever, you know, uh, about that there might be a good jumping off point for, for those characters. So that, that that interests me and it it, it excites me because mm-hmm. um as much as like i think of like you know like dc property i love batman batman is my favorite superhero i will watch every goddamn batman movie they put out however that being said i i would be fine if the, you know if they took a little time off from the batman movies and you know focused on some other side characters and I, and they're kind of doing that in a really slow way. And then the, and Marvel has been too. And so I, I think that's the thing that kind of excites me is cause like, yeah, you know, as much as like, I'm really pumped about Robert Pattinson's Batman. I'd also be fine if, yeah, if they took some time and like, let's do this, let's focus on this person for a while because there's already been a bunch of Batman. So I think it, this is a good, a good chance for the MCU to say, okay, let's, let's take this away from, you know, the Tony Stark era of the MCU, the Thor, the Captain America era. And let's, let's, let's try out the yeah. Wanda Maximoff. Cause honestly, like if you told me that that like 20 years ago, you know, as a, as a kid reading comics and everything, if you told me that Scarlet, Witch was going to have her own television
1: show, with the Vision character, I'd been like, no way. I'm glad they did, though. Like, I think, like, for most people, we felt like these are the two characters that I would say didn't really get that much time. they are more... I don't want to say they weren't really necessarily Betty Sue characters, but they were basically... They didn't really have the same agencies in our lead character. They were more there to facilitate or help the, uh, like, the... I would say like the bigger characters and now they're getting more development. Yes. They absolutely played very, very significant roles. After a time though, it took them a while to get there. And now we're getting kind of more of the hangout uh, vibe of them, which I, I would say I like a lot because I think Paul Bethany is, I would say one of them, not necessarily the most underrated actor, but he was one of those actors that I would say was always under you, underutilized. And he works best when because he does have like this Jude Law, Peter O'Toole kind of suave, sexy British guy that can t- have the typical parts that you would see from someone of that like embodiment. But he works best when he has something off about him, where he's evil, where he's psychotic, where he's kind of quirky and weird. Like some of the, his best roles have been uh, like I like him a ton, where he plays the nerdy guy in Master and Commander. I like him a lot where he plays the villain in Solo. Uh, he needs to have an edge. He needs to have something that I would say breaks apart that the Hollywood system that wants to put him in that mold of, no, you're going to be this good looking Peter O'Toole character. You're going to be this good looking Jude Law guy. You're, you're the poor man's Jude Law is how I think he was kind of snooped in for the longest time. Like I loved him in, in A Night's Tale, but I think that was the last time we got, he hasn't done a part like that ever again. He's always. I was kind of going to mention away. Knight's
0: Tale to me. To me, that's that's such, such a good role. Like he, mm-hmm. he, uh, he steals a lot of scenes
1: in that film. Exactly. That was, I think, one of my favorite of his roles, and I feel like he's kind of going. I like that he's doing something like this because they're not the same character, but there is that sense of quirky, fun playfulness that he seems to really chewing up and enjoying very well. He
0: has, he has a really good comedic timing, you know, although he's known more as just kind of like a dramatic or serious actor. I I think he, I would love to see him do more comedy that wasn't just like in the confines of <laughs> of the MCU.
1: Yeah. Cause there is so much, there's a, I would say if the Emmys take notice, I think they should nominate him uh, for best actor in a comedy because there's so much layers to his performance as is for uh, Elizabeth Olsen, where they're playing their character uh, with also this layered element of like for Paul Bethany, he's playing vision. Who's an Android trying to be a human At the same time, though, he's also acting like Dick Van Dyke and any other, other character he's kind of tossed in with a decade of. And for some reason, like the end result is this kind of, it's not him doing an impersonation. It's essentially him trying to embody and like, I would say, play a character who's in these circumstances where, but the one thing that kept coming to mind when I'm seeing Paul Bethany, who's kind of has this little, not a cockney twang, but kind of like a a quirky British person twang, Um, like acting like Dick Van Dyke, is he kind of sounds like uh, a young Hugh Laurie. If you ever saw a bit of of Fry and Laurie, or uh, Black Adder, some of the early, like Hugh Laurie comedy shows, where he's just sort of of talking like this. Oh my goodness. Um, He just has a little lilt to it. That's just something that I picked up on. That's more my personal observation. But my point being, kind of back to what I said, I, there's, I would say, a lot of more layers to their performances than what they could have done. Uh, even with, like, Elizabeth Olsen, she's playing the Lucy. She's playing the Dream of Jeannie. She's then playing, like, not necessarily the Housewife and Brady Bunch, but, like, maybe Three's Company. Uh, it's kind of all, like, Yo, intertwined.
0: So, okay, so we t- I want to jump into that real quick. Mm-hmm. So you and I were kind of talking, like, privately, like, messaging back and forth on on the different um, things they are referencing. And obviously, mm-hmm. yeah, there's I Love Lucy, there's Bewitched, there's I Dream of Janie, there's Dick Van Dyke show, there's Brady Bunch. I saw one that I was like, oh, my God, that makes so much sense. Mork and Mindy.
1: Oh, the I can totally see that because in a weird way... Because uh, Mork is basically a, a non-human pretending to be human, and that's what frickin' Vision is doing. He's yeah, acting, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. And I, I didn't, I didn't click for me, but I, uh, I was like, and Mitty. Oh, okay. Another thing okay. I saw was the Norman Lear comedies, like All in the Family, The Jeffersons, Good Times. Uh, just that whole kind of uh, there's that, that fam- familial kind of comedy where the whole I can't remember. Did, I don't know if Norman Lear did three as company, but I thought. All- on the family specifically with like just the way some of the side characters had their fashion part. There's like some more subtle production design costume choices that I really liked a lot. Sure. Uh, like even, and I liked the mix elements of that production design with the old TV and the comics, because I found this out when I was watching a video of Easter eggs was when she's pouring the wine bottle, the wine bottle says in French, uh, I don't know what it was in French, but basically translates to the house of misery house of M on the, the wine bottle that they're pouring if you zoom in on it. So there's like a, yes. so thought and effort put into the production design costuming. I'm just like, and to quote you chef's kiss, chef's kiss, chef's kiss.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A thousand percent. Well, <laughs> I think this is a good point to, um, to maybe stop and, you know, cause I think we, we've, We've really pretty much covered these first three episodes and, you know, we can reconvene. I actually don't know how many episodes. Let's actually look that up there. Like, I, I don't know how many episodes there's going to be. Uh, total, but
1: I, My mind is telling me eight or nine. That's my gut instinct. I want to say. Let's have a look. Yeah. Because I would say I do like the week to week release uh, versus the drop all at once, like Netflix used to do for their Marvel series. It's definitely making me remain interested for a longer period of time.
0: Hmm, That doesn't say um...
1: division episodes here. Yeah, because on Google it just says that the, the upcoming ones that are planned. But I think IMDb maybe say it.
0: You know, it's interesting. I, I'm uh, I'm not I'm not seeing. So I don't know if mm. if they've if they fully announced it. Uh, all I'm seeing thus far is that they've announced out to episode five.
1: Okay, which uh, so, I I think the for my theory. Okay, so they're gonna do. 70s and 80s in the next couple episodes. If one's, I mean, they could wrap it up maybe in like if one episode. One one's a breakaway, 80s, two thousand. They could do maybe eight or nine. That seems like a, a good safe number. That's my this my just kind of gut feeling.
0: Let's see here. Um, the, yeah. Okay, so I just found an article that says I don't know how accurate this is. This says it'll have nine episodes.
1: There's kind of a almost an unspoken rule of how many episodes you can do in a miniseries. It's either like under ten, but over seven. I've kind of noticed is like the because Queens Gambit seven, Big Little Lies ten. Like there's always. Uh,
0: I disagree, dude. Like uh, Chernobyl, which I think is like maybe the greatest miniseries of all time, Mm -hmm. is like four or five episodes.
1: Oh yeah, it's sort of like there is. But the thing those the they're like an hour specific. long each, so it's like that's like two full-length movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think the I think uh, it, there is room flexibility as this show is clearly doing because it is labeled miniseries on IMDb. So that's where I'm almost wondering if that's their way of saying this is just a one-off, and then the next one will just be like like with Ant Man with a different like colon adventure link kind of uh, it'll be just sort of like. Wanda and Vision in the adventures of the multiverse villain with Spider-Man or something kind of like <laughs> <laughs> right. a little more eloquent than what I said, for sure.
0: So, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to reconvene. I mean, we'll probably we'll, we'll probably just reconvene once the, se- uh, the season is up. But, you know, maybe we maybe we can. Maybe we can do one before the season finale and make some mm-hmm. predictions. Um, we'll we'll see what we can do, but we'll definitely have some sort of follow up on this. It was it was fun to kind of, you know, assess where things are now that like we've got a little more, a little more material to 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 work off of and kind of like be able to you know speculate and everything. So I want to thank you for joining me, and yeah, I'm very excited to see where this show goes. Like I said, I I'm I haven't been uh this intrigued by an mcu property in a while and not that i i love everything that they've put out but this is just a lot more mysterious and 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 hard to predict and so that makes it exciting for me
1: Mm -hmm.
0: all right man well thanks for joining me and uh i will talk to you again soon
1: yeah until next time keep watching folks
0: all right Alright, that is the episode Thanks so much for checking it out And thanks to my guest host, Jimmy Levins For joining me and discussing What's going on with WandaVision It's you know a cultural phenomenon It took the world by storm So we had to talk about it And it was honestly One of the most interesting, fresh And unique things that They've done with the MCU So make sure you check out Part 2 though Which is going to be Episode 96, where we basically discuss the rest of the episodes for the WandaVision Season 1, or maybe that was, you know, just the whole entire series, it was just a mini-series, we're not sure yet, but we discussed the rest of that, and of course, if you haven't seen WandaVision, or haven't finished it, make sure you do so. If you're digging what we're doing here on Nerds with Opinions, make sure you're following me on social media at nerds underscore opinions on both Instagram and Twitter and Nerds with Opinions on Facebook. If you are on Apple Podcasts, rate and review this episode. Rate and review the show as a whole. I think you can do that. And make sure that you are following me on both Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you feel so inclined, share this episode with your friends. As always, I'm your host, Matt Holman, and you have been listening to Nerds with Opinions.